0: Down to the White Meat.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Down to the White Meat, the podcast. I am your host, along with Nikita Lowry, C. Anderson. We are LPCs here to help black folks get real about their ish. And today's episode is all about black wealth, stacks on stacks. With us today, we have a very special guest. He is a financial planner uh, and advisor, Mr. Frederick Pelham. Uh, before I introduce our guest, I want you all to know some startling facts, actually, about wealth in the Black Collective. Uh, so between Blacks and whites, the wealth gap is very much present. And so we're going to dig into that today. But first, I want Nakia to say hello to the people. Hey people. <laughs> well, let's talk, Nikia. We are getting into wealth today. I don't think yes. enough, And I don't think that we have enough accurate information about uh wealth in the black collection. What are your thoughts?
2: Absolutely. I think um when you came to me and said, hey, now is a really good time to um talk about this. Um, just in uh, just behind the scenes uh, see how come to me about doing today's episode because of a post that I recently posted about um, my tax bracket. And so um, in understanding just our, where we are at financially and being very uh, mindful and really literate, honestly, about uh, our financial positions and decision-making and the things that we are kind of really behind on. So I think this is an excellent time to have this discussion.
1: Awesome. I, I do too. Um, especially, you know, we're still in the pandemic. There's right. been a lot of changes. I think that the pandemic for a lot of people, because there, there were there were job losses um, for a lot of people, there was a, a wake up call that needed to Happened that kind of came in the form of, of Corona and COVID-19. And so we're thinking more and considering more our financial decisions. Uh, so I, I did some, some research, Nakia, and I came across this article and we can put this in the description for people that want to read it for themselves, but I was startled, but not, not <laughs> surprised, right? Um, but, the article found in 2020 that we are st- we have the same wage gap. There's been no improvement in the gap between Black Americans and white Americans um, since 1968. It's, it's the same as it was in 1968. So the article reads that in 1968, a typical middle-class Black household had $6,674 in wealth compared to Seven, uh, 70,786 for a typical middle-class white household, according to data that's from uh, the Survey of Consumer Finances, and they adjusted it for inflation. Um, so it says in 2016, the typical middle-class black family household had a $13,000 surplus in wealth versus $150,000 uh, surplus in wealth of a, a white household then the article goes on to say that there's been little to no progress in reducing income and wealth inequalities between black and white households over the past 70 years. And that analysis is um, since World War II, right? So 1940. And then it also says that in uh, 2006, well, as of 2016, the most recent year for which the data was available, you would have to combine a net worth of eleven point five black households to get the net worth of a typical white U.S. household. And, and we're talking this is today. Right. This is recent. So this this troubled me. Um, and they also talked a little bit about how black lives matter. Um, kind of factors into this, um, you know, that, that whites are paying more on the dollar than, than African Americans um, and non whites, um, that higher education is no longer being toted uh, to the typical middle class black family. So that's one thing, um, and that the wealth gap is even more pronounced among less educated Americans. So before we get uh, into that, I want to introduce our special guest. His name is Frederick Pelham. Frederick, say hello to the people.
3: (laughs) Hi, everybody?
1: So, Frederick, I want you to tell us about yourself. I know who you are, um, and I'm grateful for your knowledge and wisdom, but I want you in your own words to tell our listeners and followers who
3: you are and what you do and why you do it. Okay. All right. So... My name is Frederick Pelham. I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I went to Fort Valley State for undergrad, went to University of Miami for grad school. So I actually have a background in um, digital media, which is completely different than what we're talking about today. (laughs) So that's like, you know, logos, websites, apps, animation, video. So that's that's what my original training was in. And I was also a university professor for 11 years. So I taught at the University of Miami. I taught at Elizabeth City State. I taught at Alabama State. In that process of me teaching you know doing what I was doing one day someone sit uh, sat me down and expressed to me some of the same things that you guys are telling me right now and essentially um it was telling me that anybody in this country can actually have wealth and retire with seven figures on their own outside mm. of, outside of a 401k outside of a pension and mm. not only this information is public information it's been happening for years it's just not being made or it's not being known among certain communities it's not being taught mm.
2: So how, not to interrupt you, but so are, are you going to go into how we can do that with, yes. with the message exactly. of,
3: the, of these barriers that are, are exactly. thrown at us? That's exactly what I'm, I'm going to address. Because when he told me that initially, I'm not one to just tell me something. You know, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to research it. And when I research this information, to my surprise, it's, it's 100% true. And not only is this you no know, information has been out here, but some of this information has been out here since our parents and grandparents were children. It just hasn't been taught within our in certain communities. So once I you know, once I saw that, I asked him, hey man, I need you to share this with everybody in my phone, my family, my friends. And I told him that I don't care if they don't do anything or not, because you know I come from a mindset, you know, once you know better, it's up to you to do better. Yeah. Right? But it's awfully hard to do better if you never know better as an option. So I just mm. want people to know, hey, there's some stuff out here we might need to pay attention to. And I guess he sensed the urgency in my voice. And he said, listen, man, well, if you're really interested, I can help you share this information. And I was like, how so? What you mean? He was like, Well, you have, to, you have to get the same licenses as the people on Wall Street. And I kind of laughed at him. I'm like, listen, man, maybe you're not listening to me. I'm a professor. I, I don't know anything about investments or Wall Street. The little bit I do know, you just taught me. Right. Um, he asked me a simple question. He said, can you pass a background check? I'm like, yeah, why? He's like, well, if you can pass a background check. I can get my company to sponsor you and they would train you and get you this information and they would you know, pay for you to get the license. And I know this man, I sound like the best thing to tell somebody that's offering you an opportunity. But I told him, if your company's this crazy to pay for me to get a license and something I know nothing about and they don't know me from anywhere just because I, I can pass a background check and, and it's not going to affect my full time position. I said, well, if y'all are that crazy, man, I'm crazy. enough to sign up and see what's going to happen because I want to learn <laughs> more <laughs> about what was going on out here. Right. So I signed up. Within a couple of months, I actually got the licenses, same licenses, many people on Wall Street have. And I was just sharing this information with my family and loved ones and community just part time on the weekends, after school, whenever I could. And it got to the point where my part time income was paying me two or three times more than my full time income monthly. So, yeah, I do know at that point we got a problem, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I left the university as of June of 2018. And this is all I do now full time. I just share this information with our community. Like I said, nice. it's a lot of information out here that it just simply not being taught. And once you see it um, and in my experience, just been doing this you know, going on for my fifth year. I sit down and share this information with our community. And a lot of times I actually sat down with older um, couples, you know, late, you know, early 70s or so. And they almost cried at the table because this information has been here this whole time, but just not being taught. Mm. So that, that's some of the stuff that we're going to you know. I'll have to dive in with you guys today. But literally, I'm going to tell you this. Anybody in this country can retire with seven figures on their own accord. I don't care if mm. they work at Starbucks their whole life. They could do it. They just right. not, we're not showing. I how. I hear you though. Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> I said anybody in this country. Anybody. Retire. Yes. If you got income, if you have income in this country, anybody can retire with seven figures on their own. I don't care if they worked at Starbucks their entire life. They could do it as well. So mm. when you when you're going over those figures, I'm like, wow. Because I'm sure everybody's heard the statement before, you know, the people perish from a lack of knowledge. Correct. That's all this is. It's just a lack of knowledge. And I had I had an older lady ask me recently, oh, she was frustrated. She's like, How come we don't know this stuff? And I said, Ma'am, when's the last time somebody from Wall Street came to your neighborhood et cetera, Ooh. Right. and said? Right. She was like, They don't. I'm like, Well, that's why we don't know this information.
1: That part,
3: Fred. that part right there, because Me
1: growing up um, and and Nikia and I have both kind of shared just, you know, parts of our upbringing and our experience in this life. But me growing up with a single mother and a lot of a lot of um, African-Americans grow up in a seven in a single parent household. I was going to say 70 percent of households are uh, single parent, but we grow up with our single parents and they're usually you know, they have the stress of two parents, you know, kind of spread Mm -hmm. over one. So they're, you know, working their, their hardest. Some of them may work, you know, one or two or three jobs or have a hustle and a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And so I remember growing up where my mom was doing her very best, but she never had, like, she never had enough. She never Mm -hmm. had a surplus. It was, things were okay or things were, were not okay. It was like, Things were never oh good you know we're 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 coasting or we you know we have I never saw a financial planner or investor walk you know through my door I never saw her go meet with one yeah. um, we we never learned you know you had a maybe you had a bank account but you never actually learned how money works and behaves and operates mm-hmm. and so I kind of remember the whole robbing people robbing Peter to pay Paul right so taking. Something from over here to pay this person, and having to try to replace and catch up like she was always playing catch up. She used to say that I'm always playing catch up, and so those blocks, right? I think Nakia is is familiar, and Fred, you're probably familiar with the abundance blocks, right? So those beliefs, I had to really work to get free from those. The whole, you know, living in scarcity, not understanding money. Um, you know, being anxious to just take a windfall of money and, and do some very um, frivolous things or, or things that wouldn't give me a return with money. So, Nikia, do you feel like you had an experience that was similar or, um, or kind of not understanding how money worked as you grew up or what? Yes, absolutely.
2: Um, I, I mean, I, to be honest, I only in the past... I would say in the past five years, I was able to really dive into kind of that scarcity mindset and how much of a block it has been in uh, just developing just even the basic sense of wealth building. Mm. Um, So yes, I mean, and and, uh, as you said, I, that phrase hit home like my mom was always saying that Robin Peter to pay Paul. Like I uh uh-huh. a parent household. That's what I did. And that's what was passed down to me. And that's pretty much what I did. I, yeah. Being a single parent, I am, you know, I'm uh,
0: right.
2: playing catch up. Everything that you just said, that was my life.
1: Right, right. And so I'm so glad that Fred is here today because one of the things that disturbed me was. We are in a pandemic. Um, and also this article talked about how black people were dis- disproportionately impacted by the pandemic for several reasons, right? So we're already at a disadvantage because we don't have a, a great or um, a surplus that's equal to that of our white co- cohorts. Right. But but we're also the, the main workers in the hospitality Uh, industry, industry, right? So the article says that the first economic victims of the COVID-19 crisis were the service industry. The service industry employs a disproportionate number of Black and Brown workers. And as a result, after the great lockdown in the spring, fewer than half of all Black adults had a job. Fewer, so less than half, all Black adults had a job after the lockdown of 2020. That is disturbing. And also when we were going through the stimulus um, rounds, the first and the second, I was so pissed that so many of our brothers and sisters and, the, and people that look like us were waiting with bated breath for a $600 stimulus to get them to the next week. That after a hundred and, what are we? A hundred and sixty years out from slavery, that we are still in the position to have to have that sort of bailout in order to survive. Not this extra to put away in an investment, but to be able to buy groceries. Exactly. So Fred, Mm -hmm. brother, please, like, I want you to share with the listeners, just the, you, you, I'm gonna let you go ahead and take it because I, I'm getting mad just thinking about it.
3: <laughs> okay. Um. Honestly, what we got to do is we got to sit down with someone. Um. We got to develop a strategy because a lot of people, a lot of, one of the first things a lot of people like to say is, well, we don't, we don't have enough money. We don't make enough money. You make, we make enough money to start a plan to move forward. You know, like, so what I do is a lot of times I sit down with people and I show them an illustration of a table. So every table has or a lot of tables has you know, four legs. So and I ask my clients before I label the legs of the table, I told them, you know, I asked them if any one of these legs was missing, would you put anything of value on that table? And 99 percent of the time everyone says no, I wouldn't put anything valuable on a table if one of the legs was missing. So what I do from there is I proceed to label each leg of the table. So imagine if you have a table and your four legs, your table, one leg, you know, we tell people it's going to be life insurance. The next leg is going to be a long-term investment plan or strategy. And, you know, and we'll get into that in a minute, but I call it, you know, mutual fund, something that's long-term. Another leg of your table is an emergency account. Emergency account is for unexpected things that come up that you deal with. Um, And then the last leg is your regular savings. That's for things you do plan for like vacation, birthdays and holidays. So what we do is we show a person how to start, funding all four legs at the same time i don't care if a person can only do a hundred dollars a month we'll we put 25 dollars to each leg but you got to get yourself in a mindset in the habit of putting something aside because one of the first principles of building wealth is called paying yourself first it's like you get you know we get paid and a lot of times we put our money you know and i'm gonna address this too in a minute but you know we go put our money in the banks or credit union and you start you know paying bills and doing other things but you gotta you gotta pay yourself first. That's the first principle of building wealth. You gotta pay yourself first because you got a shelf life. It's only so much, you know, you you can only work for so long. Like you gotta sleep, you know, you, you we, we get older every year. At some point, we're not gonna really keep going the way we're going. But like you guys, I heard you mention earlier with money. Like literally, money should come with instructions. Everything else in life that's important, you know, comes with instructions. A lot of a lot of things does money should be one of them. You should understand how to make money work for you. Because right now we're working for money, but you got to get yourself in a position mm. to make money work for you. Mm-hmm. So once you understand that, um, it's a tool. I tell people money is a tool, but a lot of us don't, we, 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 we were not taught the right way to use money. So I'm going to give you a perfect example. A lot of us was probably taught, you know, once we got our first job, we were taught to either open up a bank account or a, in, you know, a bank account or, um, with a credit union or a regular bank and get a checking account and a savings account, correct? That's right. So for the most part, when we get paid, we put our monies in the bank, right? Right. hmm now, but what if I told you guys when you actually put your money in the banks and the banks promise you less than 1% on a savings account or one and a half or 2% on a CD? What if I told you those banks actually bring in someone like me to move your money for them to another account where they're going to get 6 or 9% returns or higher off your money every year while giving you back less than 1%? Mm,
0: so
1: you're saying we put our money in a banking institution, Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, we're going to give you, you know, one, if 1% uh-huh. um, annually, but then they use financial planners and advisors, same license as you
0: uh-huh.
1: to move the money that we give them to make seven times yes. the return
0: mm-hmm. on our money, on our yep. money. Yep.
1: And this is every, this is a bank that, that's, we ride down the street and we can, Mm-hmm. Pull up every bank that we see. Yes, this isn't some fancy, mm-hmm. high level institution in New York on Wall Street.
3: Uh-uh. Wow. No, no, so no. Now I'm gonna tell you something. <laughs> I got to one of my um uh, my clients just a while ago, and one of my teammates I was training, and y'all heard this saying before. It's levels to this game. <laughs> so I'm gonna give you an example. If you go to a side of town and you see a pawn shop, a liquor store, a gun store, you know, so you know what side of town you own just immediately when you start seeing those line up down the street, right? Yeah. Think about this way as well. If you go to a side of town and say you see a bank on one corner, another bank across the street from that, a credit union down the street from there, another bank. If you see a cluster of banks in certain areas, you can pretty much guess what side of town you on as well. Because if you don't believe me, I tell people, go to the wealthy side of towns and mm. see many banks you see clustered. You don't see a whole lot of banks on the wealthier side of town because a lot of wealthy people don't keep their money in the banks. Mm. It's mathematically impossible to get ahead if all your money's in the bank. Now, how, how many people know that though? Wow! Now, I'm, I want to I
1: just—I want just, to reiterate what you said. You said it's mathematically, because I want everybody to hear this yeah. piece.
0: Uh-huh. It's
1: mathematically, mm-hmm. impossible
0: mm-hmm.
3: for
1: you to get ahead if you are keeping your
3: money in the bank. I'm gonna give you an example of what I mean by that, because I, I don't, I don't, I don't just, I don't just tell you something and let y'all just, like this man just said. I'm gonna give y'all a real example. And you tell me if it's possible. I had a lady I was talking to recently, an older lady. She had like six figures in the bank. And I asked her, ma'am, what's the point of this money being in the bank? Is that it make you money or lose your money? What do you think she said? Make me money. Exactly. So she was getting like 1.2% return on her money.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I said, ma'am, if your money's not getting at least 3% every year, you're actually losing money um, because it's not keeping up with inflation. So she was like, hold on, hold on, make it plain. What, what are you talking about? So this is the story I tell people how I remember inflation. And I'm sure you ladies gonna be able to relate to some of this. When I was nine years old, me, my sister, my cousins, we all laughed at my mother. Because my mother told us when she was nine years old, she went to the store with a quarter. And for one quarter, she said she was able to buy a bag of peanuts and an RC soda, and she got changed back. We thought that was the funniest thing in the world, because we were like, there's no way in the world they got all that at the store with a quarter. But fast forward, when I was nine years old, we went to the store with a dollar. And for $1, we were able to get a 50 cent can of Hawaiian punch, a bag of hot fries or a dill pickle and a piece of gum. And we got change back. Once we finish this call today, I want both of y'all to go to the store with a dollar and come back and let me know what you can get with it. <laughs> That's inflation. OK, <laughs> so if your money's sitting in the bank getting one point two percent, but inflation moving at three percent every year. Mm. can you see how it's impossible for you to get ahead.
0: Mm.
1: Right, because you're not, you're 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 outgoing. Right, is is inflated. Right, yes.
3: your money is there, but it, it, it's not keeping. It's losing, spending right. every year.
1: Because we're paying for things at an inflated rate.
3: Exactly, things we're are not, going up every year, right. but, your money but we're not, not making
1: that. that or more back, so we're not even breaking. Even we're losing. Exactly. We're losing exactly.
3: exactly. But how many institutions gonna sit down and tell you that?
1: Not one.
3: Or if you own your own institution and you promise your members less than 1% on a savings account or one and a half or 2% on a CD, would you let them know you're going to put that money somewhere else and get 6 or 9% every year?
0: <laughs> of course not. You wouldn't that's put that, money
3: there. That's that gap. That wage gap Y'all telling? Y'all, y'all was talking about, I tell my clients that. I tell them, I hold my fingers apart. I tell them the distance between what you know and what you don't know, that's where all the money is. That's that mm. gap gap. Okay, so my goal is to bridge that gap for you to get your money working for you and get you and your family in a better position. Mm. Everything, everything I'm telling you guys is public information, but you understand why certain institutions don't have any incentive to teach you this because they're making all the money based on what you don't know.
1: Mm.
0: Wow. Yellow,
3: yellow point. <laughs>
1: I mean, you know, and I've heard it, but I've heard your, your experiences before, Fred, but like every time I hear it, it's st- it still stings.
3: Yeah. It
2: yeah. still I it stings. Still, I, I'm here for it.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. It's just, it's it's little, it's, it's so many little things like this, like they don't teach us. It's, it's so many little things like this they do not teach us about. And, but you, I tell my, I tell my clients all the time, you got to understand the incentive why they don't teach us this stuff right here.
0: Right.
3: Like, I'm going to tell y'all something here. I'm going to tell you, you can write this down. We can... I can sit down with you guys one-on-one, explain this to you in greater detail, but everybody that understands, let me actually ask, ask both of y'all this. I know, and, um, and Candace, you might have heard me say this before, but um, Ms. Nakia, have you ever heard of something called the rule of 72?
1: Mm,
2: I don't think so.
3: Yeah. Surprisingly, um, I never heard of it either until five years ago. But what if I told you the rule, R-U-L-E, of 72 is a rule that governs that that governs anything. No, that does with interest with your money. So, anytime there's interest involved, the rule of seventy-two is at play. So, if that's a house loan, student you no know, money, student loan money in your bank account, anytime there's interest involved, the rule is the rule of seventy-two is at play. So, if I'm telling you, anytime interest involved, that rule is at play. If it's that important, don't you think that's something we should have learned a long time ago? Absolutely. Now, what if I also tell you not only does the rule of 72 apply in the United States, but everyone around the world that understands money knows the rule of 72. If it's that important, don't you definitely think that's something we should have learned a long time ago? Mm. <laughs> so I tell people that and then I go back and show them what that rule is. But it basically, it just lets you know how long it will take for your money to double. Like, so I'm going to tell you how to use it for you. Then I'm going to show you how they can use it against you. Because I tell people the rule of 72 is actually a weapon. And if you don't know it, if you're oblivious to it, they're using it against you all the time. But, uh, you know, like we mentioned, if you have your money in the bank and you're getting 1%, well, make this real simple. You always start with 72 because it's called the rule of 72. So, you know, that, that number is fixed. You always start with 72 and you divide it by whatever your interest rate is. So if a person has $10,000 in a bank and that bank likes them so much and they gave them 1%, well, 72 divided by 1 is what? 72. Exactly. So it took 72 years before that 10,000 doubled yeah, one
1: time.
3: That's a fact. That's not based on how I feel. That's a fact. So if you're getting if you now check this out, if you get if you got your money somewhere and you're getting 3% return. You take 72 and divide it by 3. That answer is 24. So that means it'll take 24 years for your money to double one time.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, like I told you all earlier, inflation moves at 3%. So, this is a simple way you can look at this. Every 24 years, the price of everything doubles for the most part. If you don't believe me, go back and check on the price of a house 24 years ago, mm. or
0: the price
3: of a car 24 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, once you find that price, go back 24 years from there and find out how much a house used to cost or how much a car used to cost. It's, the, it's simple things like this. It's, it's a game. Mm. But if you don't know you the in money the game, game, thank you. Yeah, the money game. <laughs> if you don't know you in the game, you only start looking for the rules to even figure out what's going on. Ooh.
1: I hope y'all taking notes. <laughs> so, too, because
3: I'm, mm, yeah. That's showing you how the rule can work for you. And I just, you know, modified. I just did it real um, quick. But let me let, let me show you another way how to use it against all of us. Because most of us, I think everybody on this call, you know, know somebody or we went to college, we got student loans. Mm-hmm. So imagine you have a student loan for $50,000. Mm-hmm. And imagine your interest rate on that is 6%, right? So mm-hmm. I'm going to them- 72 divided by six is 12. So that means you're, you know it would double every 12 years. So imagine you just graduated. You got a $50,000 loan. Oh, no.
1: Kids,
3: and you don't pay on it for the first few years because they tell you you're getting deferred, right? Right. But what, what keeps adding up? Interest. Interest. yeah. So if you defer for five or six years, when you come back and get ready to start paying that 50000 now
1: $75,000. Oh, man.
3: You see what happened? If you deferred it for 12 years, you look at like, wait a minute, I don't want to school. I had My loan was 50000 but now I owe $100,000. is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> it's the money game. Is it's that, it's is that, that rule, rule is 72. Working against you. Like, if you know anybody got a house, if you know anybody who has a house and paid on a house for 30 years, they don't pay for the house two or three times. That's true. That's a fact. That is true. So it's, 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 it's a money game. It's a money game. And I tell people, as you know, yeah, it's the money game, man. and it's too much incentives. They make too much money based off of you not knowing this, this simple stuff I just told y'all today, and we haven't even jumped into the other stuff yet.
1: Mm. So let's let's jump into that other stuff. <laughs> you ready to jump into the other stuff, Nakia? If you could only see me right
0: now, <laughs> like I'm ready. <laughs>
3: So the others, honestly, because I like to show people like, you know, I can show y'all charts and stuff like, just like you pull up the facts, I can show y'all facts of what's really going on out here. But there are accounts out here where you can put your money in that's average. There are accounts, mutual funds, that's average over 9% return, almost 10% since 1960. Right. Every That's a fact. That's not based off how I feel. So for some people, I just said something, some people look up like, "What?" Well, he just said mutual fund. Let me um, break it down to you really simple. Uh, I'm going to use you, Ms. Nikhil, because I haven't sat down with you yet. Um, Do you know the difference really, really well between a common stock and a mutual fund and how they can work together? No. Okay. Most people say, but you heard of those terms before, right? Like a common stock. Okay. So I'm going to give you a really simple way to to remember these two, because a lot of people tell me they heard of them, but they sound really complicated and confusing. And I tell people it's really not. It just um, depends on who's talking to you. So, you've been, what's a nice size mall around you that you like to go to? Like a lot of people like to go to, a, what's a good mall around you? I'm gonna use an example of a mall. I typically go to the Mall of Georgia. Okay, cool. So, the Mall of Georgia, think about that, you know, as big as that mall is, all the different shops and stores out there. What's one store out there in the Mall of Georgia you like? If you had to choose one store, what would that one store be? Probably Macy's. Cool. So, that's all we need. So, imagine this. Imagine every month you say, you know what, man, I really like Macy's. So imagine you decide you want to invest hundred dollars every month in Macy's. So if you invest hundred dollars every month into Macy's, I want you to think about Macy's as being a common stock. That's a common enterprise. So if Macy's does well, you do well. If Macy's does poorly, you can lose everything. Right. And to most people, that's too risky, right? That's high risk, high reward. But what if I told you instead of putting that one hundred dollars in Macy's every month, you take that same one hundred dollars and you spread it out amongst the entire mall of Georgia. That way, only a dollar goes to Macy's, a dollar goes to Starbucks, a dollar goes to Bath Battery, and a dollar goes to the Apple Store, a dollar goes to Footlock. Like literally, your $100 now is spread out amongst every store in that mall. If you do it that way, if Macy's goes out of business, does the entire mall shut down? Right. Yeah. Did they, they just replace Macy's with something that's going to keep going, right? Exactly. So when you think about that concept, like the mall concept, think about that as a mutual fund, okay? Mm-hmm. So time you think of mutual fund, it starts with an M, think about the mall and you spreading your money out amongst multiple stores in that mall. So if you had to choose a method to build long-term wealth and protect yourself while doing so, would you suggest someone put all that money into one store like a common stock or spreading it out amongst an entire mall like a mutual fund?
2: Right, spread it out.
3: Now is that complicated to understand? No. Okay, so we put people in mutual funds. But there are mutual funds that average almost 10% return since 1960.
1: Mm. Which means if that's the if we're using the rule of 72, Uh-oh. right? That's 72 Uh-oh. divided by that that average of 10%, mm-hmm.
0: that
1: means that your money would double in seven years. Look at God.
3: <laughs> now that, that was real simple to figure out. It's not complicated <laughs> once you understand the rules to this game.
1: Look, look at look, won't he do it? <laughs> I mean, you think about seven years, if what was what is this 2021? So we're talking about 2014. Yeah. That was not a long time ago.
3: And that's if you're not that's if you that's if you not adding anything to it. Now if you adding more to it, it's gonna it's gonna double even faster. Right. It's cow compounding.
1: Mm. What you just said was really important. You said it's not complicated <laughs> when you know the rules, and that's we good. don't our our community right. does not know. The rules. No, it's- honestly,
3: our, our, our community don't know we in the game. I, like, this is the analogy I used to use years ago. <laughs> but imagine it's a beautiful day today. Imagine we all went outside We went to a picnic in the park. You know so We're we on a big field, and then, you know, we're we outside chilling at the table, just, you know, having a good time. But we see some folks lined up, and they kick a ball off over our head, and they just run down the field. And, you know, all of a sudden, people just start cheering and celebrating, and they go back and do it again and again. We real like, you know, and we, somebody come up and say, Hey man, you realize y'all are in the game, right? What you mean? Well, they playing football and they're kicking the ball to y'all and y'all not, you know, getting the ball, so they just picking it up and scoring. So we get ourselves together, like, okay, hold on, we in the game. So we get on the field, but we don't know the rules to this game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we come out there, we dress with you know basketball uniforms on and you know, and they playing football. What's the chance of us, 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 us winning that game? Even now, we know we in the game now, but we got the wrong equipment on. What's the chance of us winning that
1: game? Zero.
3: We're going to get weird. hurt out there, right?
1: Right.
3: So what we do then, we get the right uniforms on and we on the field, but we don't know the rules to this game. What's the chance of us winning that game? Mm. It's just, that's what's happening. It's like we literally at the park having a good time. Everybody else playing the game.
1: Wow. <laughs>
3: Wow, we barbecuing, yeah. got, got, got the music on, dancing. Frankie
1: Beverly amazing. Yeah, line,
3: line dancing, and they That's running past right. us.
1: Right.
3: Hey, man, what do you do is keep running past us, and then every time we look up the scoreboard change, and people celebrating. I don't know, man, but turn <gasps> the musical. Pass me, pass me something a drink. That's what we're doing. Wow.
1: Fred is um, snatching edges today.
3: Um, <laughs> <laughs> But that's what we're doing. We just educating our, you know, the community what's really going on out here. Mm. We're educating, but we got a license. We got licenses to do something about it, right? The folks on Wall Street,
1: right? So now that we understand, and you've explained so well the difference between common stocks and mutual funds, right? The mall analogy, Mm -hmm. and then also you've explained the rule of seventy-two, how that can be for us, and how it's used against us if we have. I imagine it would be um, student loans, mortgages, yeah. car loans, credit cards, any yep. type of, yeah, any debt.
0: Yep.
1: Um, so thinking about those as well, now that we understand those very, very basic concepts, brother, you you giving us that equipment to get into this game.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Can you talk more about that, the four legs of the table?
3: Yeah, so the um, like I said, their first leg, that like I said, that life insurance leg. So what I do is when I stand and talk to families, and not just me, but it's a bunch of when We stand and talk to families. We are talking to families about building, you know, wealth. Meaning, what's your goals? What's your dreams? Like I talked to somebody the other day. I'm, I'm glad you said that. I'm gonna tell you this as well. I'm gonna ask both of y'all this: What's retirement age? If somebody asked y'all, what's retirement age? What would y'all say retirement age is?
2: Like it's Sixty something. Sixty right. It's okay. keeping up there. It's past 65, I believe.
3: Yeah. A lot of people say, you know, retirement is um like 60s, early 70s. But mm-hmm. I tell people again, when it comes to retirement, we've been misled again. I tell mm-hmm. people, retirement is really not an age. Retirement mm-hmm. is actually a dollar amount you need to have in your account. And once you get this certain dollar amount in your account, you don't got to work no more because that money can work for you. And it outlive you and your family and your family's family. So what we working you know, on? Based it's,
2: off of Social Security, anyway, then ages they they come up with
3: exactly. Exactly, but I tell people if I can help you get you know financially independent by the age of say fifty, then you can yeah. shut it down at fifty and live your life and do what you want to do. So I tell people you don't got to work to sixty five or seventy. We got to work to get your money to work for you. Yes, that's I that's know real well. That That's residual. You know, <laughs> money don't stop. Money don't doesn't need a you know, vacation. Doesn't need to go to sleep. Money, you no, know, it's, it's called currency for a reason. It needs to flow.
1: Yes, yes, let's talk about that flow.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so your table is a strategy we use to get you started. Like I said, so the life insurance, you know, that's to protect you. Heaven forbid something happens, your family can at least get some of the stuff that you was building for. You got that long-term investments, like I just talked about earlier, you know, you got your mutual funds, you got your emergency account, things you don't plan for, you got and you got your regular savings. So, and what we do is we sit down with you and help you develop your strategy. Everybody's strategy is completely different. But right. the end game is to get your long-term investment to outpace everything on that table. But you got to get, like, when it comes to that long-term, time is the biggest factor. Literally. It's not about how much you have, it's how long you have. Mm. If you can, I got several, you know, there's several clients, several people out here that's putting stuff in place now for their children and their grandchildren. But they'll have seven or eight figures in their lifetime, regardless of what they do for a living. Because they got a lot of time. So
0: mm-hmm.
3: we use that table to help, you know, people get a, a, a solid foundation. Because I know what happened with doing even a pandemic. I had a lot of clients call me like, man, I'm so glad we had that emergency account going. I'm so glad we had that regular savings because that helped me and my family till we got over this hump.
0: Mm-hmm. So
3: you got to, like I said, first principle, you got to pay yourself first. So what happens typically, now this is how you, this is when you're doing it the right way. Some people can start off investing, say 10%, or they say investing, but putting 10% of their income towards the table. And we're going to touch our four legs. And over time, as you start to pay stuff off, now, you know, they start putting more towards the table. So eventually, you know, they start to invest, you know, put aside 20% of their income. Over time, you pay the car off, you pay the house off. Now you got 30%, 40%. I have some clients that does, they have 50% now. So 50% of their income runs the household, other 50% goes to the table. But as you're doing this over time, it should be like 90-10 the other way, meaning 10% can maintain your household. Because imagine you out of debt, you have no house payment, you have no car payments, you know, no, no debt. Only thing you're doing is, you know, paying lights, food, you know, little gas, stuff like that. So 10% of your income goes to maintain your house, 90% of your income goes to your investments and in your table. Mm. That's eventually that's how you want to do it eventually. That's when you're doing it the right way. I know a lot of people who only live off 10% of their income. 90% is the best. it don't start off that way immediately. It's it's over time. Wow. But that's real freedom though. Right. Indeed. That's when you know you don't have to worry about what you say to who you say it to. Uh is that you no, know, you can just move freely how you want to because money gonna keep making money.
1: Hmm. Money gonna keep making money. Where the money resides.
3: <laughs>
0: Hello.
1: Ooh, yeah. I know we. Um, I don't think we we're, we're ever really silent. <laughs> but this this knowledge, you know, this realization that you're bringing this morning, man. It. I think me and Akira are both just like, yo. Yes. If I had done X, Y, and Z, like I think about stuff like, um, if I had saved my refund checks in college instead of buying. Yeah, uh, exactly. those coming outfits,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or um, you know, pizza and all of that stuff,
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> or just some of it. I guess I have some college students that take part of the refund check. I like, you know, you you you're a student, have fun, but you know, put some of it aside, and some of me put you know five hundred dollars aside every semester. Mm-hmm. That's gonna make a difference. I'm not gonna tell you not to be a child and enjoy yourself, but I you have right. so much money in college it wasn't funny. Right? Huh. So, yeah. Exactly. So that these are the conversations that we should be having but like this is the thing that gets me though i'm like if that guy didn't sit me down and share his information with me how I many families would not be in the right position right now because i saw the value in it and you know the, the company paid for me to get this license i got the same yes. with the folks on wall street so it's like right. that's the that's my ultimate goal is to multiply. We gotta, we yes. the most to we got to yes but in order to do it, it like, is one thing you can tell somebody about it but like if your families and your community similar, similar to mine, I was telling them about this information when I first learned it, but they were like, look, I understand what you're saying. It makes sense, but I trust you. So I want you to mm-hmm. go do this so you can bring this information back to the family. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, y'all paying for them. Let's go. <laughs> so that's what I tell people to understand for me to leave a university. I'm a social professor, tenure track. You got to understand something going on out here that made make me leave a university after teaching for 11 years. Right. Before, on the college level. Right. Well, so hopefully. Let me
1: ask you, let me ask you this question, Fred, um, from your experience, do you think, cause I know like Nikki and I, we, we're aware of some of the historical distrust of like the healthcare system, right? You mm-hmm. know, the, the field that, that we're in, mm-hmm. but do you, have you seen like a, a distrust, um, like a theme of distrust amongst our community when it comes to any kind of financial institution?
3: Um, honest, honestly, when I'm talking to people, I I pride myself on showing you facts. Okay, so I can show you. I can go to these other websites and show you what, what your mutual funds are done. I can show you what these banks are doing. I can. Sh- so when I start showing facts, it removes all the emotional part. And, and a lot okay. of times, my clients get up. They get angry because it's like black and white. Like, wait a minute, this is how this has been happening all this time, and oh, they start connecting dice. Die, just like you with the rule of seventy, you can start tracking back. You can see what's right. going on with the rule of seventy two. So. I don't deal with the emotional part. I deal with the facts. And then at that part, people get, get upset. Because um, one of the beautiful things that I saw um, a while ago, it was a, um, a, a group of, um there's a family. Oh, man, I forgot what part of Alabama I was in, but they were in a trailer home of a black couple. And I shared this information with them. And they were like, man, how much does a person got to have to start investing? I'm like, man, a minimum is $25 to get somebody going with a, a, a mutual fund. And the father looked at me and said, man, look, we Spend more than $25 a week on alcohol. Sign us mm. up. <laughs> it was like, it's like, and you know, people keep you know, call you back, like, hey, you know, we got hope now. It's like before we would just, I had some young dudes telling me, man, look, before you know, we spend our, spend our money because you know, we didn't think, you know, there's no way we can get to six or six figures or seven figures in our lifetime. So we would just spend the money, we go out, do what right. we want, right? We don't, you know, light it in the, the tunnel.
1: That's but a good we, point,
3: yeah. And that's, that's-
1: that's scary too, because it's like if we can't I you know, oh man, I ain't gonna, I ain't like, I'm gonna be a millionaire,
3: I'm gonna just go ahead and just blow this. Exactly. That's that's what they were saying. Like, man, what oh. going for? Like, but now I see it's a possibility. I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I see how this thing is it's the it's the money rule, it's the money game. That's it's all it is. Not it's-
2: only that, but I, I'm glad that you brought that up because like I was you know, saying about the barriers is people feeling like, well, what am I doing this for? Like, I, I'm like robbing Peter to pay Paul. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I don't got money to invest. You know, is that mm-hmm. type of mentality. And to be able to see that.
1: Yep. Wow. Wow. And two, I think about, um, there's a book by a Booker T Washington. I can't remember the exact one. It was probably the one he wrote on wealth. But he gives a scenario in that book of, um, like, in the late 1800s, he noticed when he was just kind of in his travels when he started speaking and, you know, came out of Alabama, he noticed that a lot of Black workers, so the porters, um, you know, maids, um, carriage Um, I don't know if they're drivers of, you know, the people that, you know, the people that drive the
0: carriages,
1: (laughs) but he noticed that on payday, they would take their, almost their entire check, right? They would go buy like a new, a new, a new hat, or they would rent one of like the really nice carriages and drive up and down, you know, go for a ride on Pennsylvania Avenue. Like to stunt. That's where stunting came from. Yep. And so I was like, dang, like a hundred and fifty years later, we're still doing that. We're still, you know, oh, I got my stimulus. I'm about to go get these rims. Or um, you know, yeah, I got this uh, you know, my income tax, right? And if you get in your uh, income tax refund, you you <laughs> that's a whole nother story. That's a problem. But um, <laughs> Tax and so I'm about to go get this. I'm gonna go buy this car real quick. Or I'm gonna go um, get these, you know, Dosha and Gabbana, you know, slides. Or I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go stun on them. Like we're still doing that same thing, so that we can at least we can look, we can look like we are a certain um, mm-hmm. caliber of of finances or or luxury, um, you know, and, and feel good about ourselves. We're still yeah. doing that. Think about how ingrained that is for that to have been happening, you know, just after slavery and it's happening today.
3: Exactly.
1: Yeah. Mm. Wow. So twenty five dollars. Y'all hear that? Twenty five (laughs) dollars. That's five Starbucks coffees a week. Or two outings at some fast food restaurant if you're buying your lunch every day.
3: Yeah, we have the we have the money. We just we spend it other places. <laughs> so what we do is look at what you, you know what's really going on. What can we put aside to get it going? But and a lot of clients tell me, "Hey, man, I thought you had to have five or six figures to start investing." That's not really true. A lot of a lot of firms tell people that, and just at the end of the day, to be honest with you, they tell you that because they just want to make a certain commission off you. They got they have quotas they got to hit. So that's why they tell you, you know, five or you know, five or six figures to come before they before you can come see them. But you don't have to have that. Mm-hmm. They can actually do it for less, or some of them just choose not to.
1: Oh wow. Did not know that either. Yeah. Okay. So we kind of been pushed out several different ways. First, our community not really being knowledgeable, but then probably what we've seen or heard is I need this specific amount that I don't have right now. Right. So we just continue to kind of push it off, push it off, push it off. Cause I remember, um, and if, um, for a lot of insurance companies, they have financial planners. And so maybe about 10 years ago, um, I was with all state like car insurance and, and everything. And, and my agent was like, yeah, you can go and see, you know, we have a financial plan. <laughs> A financial planner. And I, my first thought was, I don't think I need one. It's not like I have bags and bags and bags of money.
0: Mm-hmm. And, but
1: regardless of what you make, you should there should be a plan for it. Yeah. If you're making twenty five thousand dollars a year, there it's should a be a plan.
3: Yeah. It's a it's a there is a plan. You just gotta sit down with somebody willing to show you. And that's what we do. Um, now I'm gonna tell you this. I'm glad you mentioned financial plan or financial advisor. I gotta look at the numbers again, but if I'm not mistaken, I think a person that has a financial advisor make um uh, has at least three times, almost three times more than a person who does not by retirement.
1: Wow. Whoa, 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 whoa. You said the person, right?
3: Yeah. I gotta that look at a- the uh-huh. I gotta look at the stats again, but I think it's okay. like three times as three times as much as the person that does not.
1: So somebody that's just kind of going off on their own, planning their retirement, kind of, oh, my job offers this 401k. Let me max it out every year. And that's my plan. The person that has a financial planner has three to four times more than that individual by retirement.
3: Because what you just said alone, most people don't know you should have something outside of your jobs 401k. That should not be the only thing you have because your job 401k was really never designed to take care of you through retirement. It was designed to supplement what you have outside of your job. But most people don't even know that part of the story. See, you, you keep dropping these little things now. But that's what a um, planner brings to you, that value that <laughs> most people don't know that. Right, because most people,
1: we like, you got a retirement plan. Yeah, you know, I got my 401k, my 401k, my 401k. Uh-huh. But people don't know that that exactly. is not, mm-hmm. that's not what for. It's a supplement.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know that. And the <laughs> performance. And you know, I guess so many people tell me, yeah, my, my job matches up to 5%, but I do 7 you should never do that either, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> if the job is matching, cool, you can do it, but I show people that you can do it outside, away from your job. And it will, let me give you an example. I talked to a client, he's an older guy. I was talking to his family, but um, I was telling him the exact things I'm telling you guys. And he said he had a 401k through his or 403 through the uh, state, whatever. Well, he had something through the state, and he mm-hmm. had something that he did on his own outside of the state. And I just asked him, like, first of all, sir, let me ask you something. How did you know to have something outside your job? He was an older black guy. He like, honestly, man, I was just in the right position. I overheard some people talking, so I looked into it, and I just started it when I was younger. Wow. Was, okay. Now, like, let me ask you this. I'm like, I don't want to get into all the personals now. I'm talking to your family, but is there any comparison between what the state have and what you have in your outside? He started smiling. He said, "It's not comparable." I like. Thank you. Like, I, mm-hmm. wish I, I wish I could bring you on every appointment with me and you just sit down and just shake your head. You don't got to say, because he had this smirk on his face like it's not even close.
1: Wow, wow.
3: But he learned so, that because he was in the right environment and overheard some people.
1: Right, and that's the thing too is, is you know, if you are around people who don't know, guess what? You're likely not going to know. But mm-hmm. when you are around people, um, I think right out of college, before I went to grad school, I worked for a trade organization. And this organization um had some of the largest, uh, it was Fort forklift company. Um, so they had like Komatsu. And when you see the forklifts, the names that you see on it, it was all of those companies. They were all a part of this organization. And so I worked in the organization's office and it was me. I was the only, the only black um, individual in the office and it was four other white people. The director, all he did was talk about investment and money. That's that was all he talked about.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And I would be in meetings with these senior level executives, the president of, you know, Hyundai uh, would come over from Korea. Or um, just, I mean, these we would have conversations. I never forget this lady said something like, She's like, oh my God, Candace, you're so amazing. Um, the next time. <laughs> The next time you're in Colorado, you need to look me up because we're going to get a helicopter and I'm taking my husband up on the, whatever the highest peak was so that he can ski for his birthday. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So we're in I'm in that kind of environment, right around money every day, all day
0: yeah.
1: so, or your client was saying, unless you're in a place where you can overhear these things. You won't hear them unless you go out and look for them or kind of happen upon them.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we tell people now, <laughs> we tell people, take the five people that you listen to the most. The five people you influenced by the most. Add all their salaries up and divide it by five. Yours is somewhere in the middle.
0: mm
3: so if you got a friend, like say one person makes eighty thousand, somebody else makes a hundred, somebody, make, you know, somebody else makes no forty thousand, somebody else makes seventy five. Add all that up and divide it. Yours is usually somewhere in the middle, so usually because it's highly unlikely you're gonna have a you no know, a a person that, you know they around like say somebody makes seven figures, you know yeah so yeah around millionaires, and then all what? of a sudden one person that's an influential influential person to make fifty thousand a year. What? It don't it don't usually happen like that. You know, so use a doctors hand with doctors, lawyers hand with, No, you know, that's just the, so I tell people all the time, I'm not telling you to get rid of your friends. I'm just saying, if you, if you got a bunch of people and everybody average about 50, 60,000 a year and you replace one person of influence with somebody else that makes six, 400,000 a year, that automatically increases your chance of doing something you know, better because right. you're around somebody. It's, it's levels to us. I tell people, you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta put yourself in environments to listen and learn because you can only, like you, you only gonna know what's around you. So if everybody around you, you know, 50 to 100,000, then for the most part, that's where y'all end up. And, you know, y'all going to do some of the same stuff because I'm, I'm sure, you know, this stuff, the information we're sharing right now, you're going to share with some of your people in your circle and all of y'all going to start to move it, you know, just, you know, together. So I tell people, you got to consider, you know, who got your ear? You put yeah. one person in that they make a million dollars a year and that's an influential person. They talk to you on a regular basis. They, nice. got, they got a different mindset. And I had a client, well, just an older guy, he told me a while ago, and it, it hit me so hard, but I understand what he was saying. But he was like, man, listen, because he's a millionaire, multi-millionaire. Be like, a billionaire don't got nothing to say to me?
0: Mm. Like, like, wait a minute. Like, you,
3: but he got a point because a billionaire right. can go out on a weekend and spend his whole life work. So it's like, <laughs> it, it's, it's different, it's different concerns. Like, so if you right. make 200000 a year, your concern is different than somebody making 30000 $30,000, right. they are trying to figure out which bill we paying this month. How are we going to get past Right. You're talking about, are we going to spend 15,000 or 20,000 on this vacation? Those are two completely different worlds. That's right. So it's levels to it. And I I tell people, you got to expose yourself to, you know, more. If you want to know more, you want to be more.
2: That's the biggest lesson I learned in business. And i intentionally move like that. Yeah, That's Mm what's helped me to, to grow.
1: Wow. So, Fred, what will you and we're, we're going to, um, you know, for our listeners, we're going to put your contact information. I'm also going to put the link to this article in the description so that they can, you know, refer or you reach out. They had questions. But what would you leave? You know, if you could tell them three things, what would it be? What would you let our listeners know?
3: Only three. OK, one <laughs> is not too late. It's not too late. Anybody can still, you know, you can put yourself in a better position. I tell people the key is to start. I don't care how old you are. Start. I had a lady that was so upset. She learned this information, but she started. She was in her 60s. So I tell people, just get started. That's the main thing. Um, You don't have to have a whole lot to get started, but just that's the main. I tell anybody, get started. Um, Seek the help, you know, so like you only know you don't know what you don't know. Right. So find somebody who, you know, that special, like, so this is, I'm going to tell you this. Oh man. I'm okay. Seek a professional. <laughs> like I got so many people telling me about, you no, know, I got this app. Like, you know, a lot of people now, I'm, oh, I know you want me to wrap it up, but somebody was telling me about Robinhood the other day. I tell people Robinhood is, yeah, it's, it's better than a lot of banks. Cause the bank give you 0.1%. If Robinhood gets you two or three, that's fine. Or four. That's fine. No, it's better than the bank. But I asked them, do you think somebody like Oprah got all her money in Robin Hood? <laughs> like, so it's levels to this. Find you a professional that can help you through this thing. So, like, you know, I mean, a professional somebody's licensed that do this for a living. All right. Because I hear so much information out here is misleading information. But, you know, you don't know any better. So.
2: And not up. only that, not to. Co- I just want to say something about Robin Hood real quick. What? Ooh recently they were locking people out of buying certain stocks.
3: Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And that's a whole other conversation in this (laughs) as well. (laughs) But yes. So find you a professional. um, Look them up. Make sure they licensed. Don't try to do anything by yourself. Like even, you know, like I use the example of Oprah. You think Oprah's sitting down managing her money every day? Or she pays a professional to do that for her. Right. Okay. So um, it's not too late. Get advice from, you know, it's going to be, but I, my information will be available to you guys. But I'll sit down and, you know, I point people in the right directions. So I'll help them out if I can. But um, seek a professional. It's never too late. Get started. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's so much more. I don't even wanna, you know. You said three, but I'm just saying. I think
1: that, 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 is, that that's perfect to leave people with because they have this knowledge now, right? So the mm-hmm. thing is, it's not too late. Is exactly. Seek a professional and get started today.
3: Yeah. Right. Time is the biggest factor
1: time right mm-hmm. more time you waste the less time you have but it's money to grow
3: that i can literally show you an example of a 200 i mean a 25 year old doing 200 a month every month to retirement and versus a 26 year old starting the same you know thing mm-hmm. the 26 year old lost almost a hundred thousand dollars because he waited one year
1: Whew. so y'all hear that the longer you wait the more money you're gonna lose
3: yep that's a fact
1: we ain't about losing money
3: exactly. so
1: Fred. It- I'm I'm so thankful for your time today and and the fact that people can take this episode and they can listen to it over and over and they can share it with their friends, their family members, their partners, their children to really hear and understand why this is so important. So I want to thank you um, to our listeners. You can uh, look in the description and get Frederick's uh, contact information Um, I'm sure that he'd be happy to to continue to share information with your specific and your individual circumstances. We got it. We got it. We know better now. So we got to do better. Exactly. We got to do better. better. So, Fred, thank you so much. Nikia, what you want to leave the people with today? I would say,
2: you know, based off of the conversation that we had, uh, I say this a lot. Get out of your own way. Mm -hmm. It's time to get out of your own way. It's, you know, he those three points that he gave all right, exactly where you need to start.
0: Just, mm. You know,
2: so if you're not if you're not able to do that, then you're still stuck in your own way, and you're really you're you're you know we can be our own worst enemies in a sense. So,
1: right. it, 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 accountability is is now. Accountability is now. It's still early in 2021. If getting out of debt and building wealth was one of your uh, resolutions for this year. You're still in the first quarter, so get get in the game.
3: How about that? We can help you with that as well. You know, I I told you about that before. It's a formula that we can use to help anybody get out of debt sooner, and you don't have to consolidate anything or miss any payments. So that's something that's another another part of the the game we don't know about.
1: So, so there you have it. You got wealth building and you have debt uh, elimination. So I want to thank you all for being here today. Thank the listeners. This is an episode. Share it, share it, share it. And we'll see you back. Same place. Different time, probably. (laughs) (laughs) On Down to the White Meat, the podcast.